This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's going on? It's a perfect day here in South Philadelphia. It is cold. That's fine. Sunny. Baseball field is all lined up, ready to go, edged. That's why, because I'm right here at Citizens Bank Park for an episode of Pine Tar for Breakfast. I got Vince Velasquez coming up next, right here. Stay tuned. In the air to left field, going back on it. It is. That casino is going to be sick. Kevin what up and welcome to another episode of Pine Tar for Breakfast. Your host, Kevin Franzen, radio broadcaster here, one that knows how easy the game is. So I'm just going to talk to a player and tell him how, how easy it really is from up here. Vince, what's up, dude? What's going on? What's going on? Good morning, everyone. How's everyone doing? Hope everyone is having a great day today. Such a beautiful day here in Philly. It's 8.06 for you normally. Uh, Kind of struggling. We had a lot of events, but that's all right. You know, spend some time with a lot of people here and kind of interacting on, uh, you know, a little bit more than usual is always nice. And uh, to hear people talk and to kind of collaborate and meet new new folks, new fans, and um, you know, kind of hear them out and whatnot is always nice. Is this your first one? This is, is my first time being out in Philadelphia, you know, in the uh, in the off season and experiencing this true coldness here i mean this has been mild too we just moved here and like <laughs> everywhere we go everyone's like oh move for california i don't know what you're doing but uh just to let you know this is mild i'm like what you know it took a couple of days to kind of adapt but uh you know i got my windbreaker on and i'm actually you know settling just fine so i like it that's unbelievable you're like you're like marty mcfly right now with that vest it's unbelievable. We just need a different color on it. Hey, like, but for for you, you know, coming here in the off season, just you know, right before spring training, it's now what your third manager, Pete McCannon and Gabe Kapler, and, and now uh, Joe Girardi. Uh, the the vibe with fans, like, look, people want the winning and all that stuff, but the vibe with fans around Joe Girardi, have you noticed it? Uh. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, you know, I didn't, I didn't come last year, so I didn't see how people were interacting with Gabe. But uh, you know, a great dude, great spokesman. Uh, but it just seems like Joe is, you know, has a little bit more, uh, you know, brings a lot more to the table. I feel like, and uh, the way he's interacting with all these fans, um, you know, the fans obviously love him, and um, you know, he's what the way he communicates with, you know, with us. And uh, the way he interacts with everyone else, it just seems like it's it's a it's one big family. So it's crazy. I mean, and and for a pitcher like for for yourself, I I feel like there's always a little bit of a confusion for a guy like you because you're you're you know you come off a year last year where it wasn't ideal. You had some great spots. You had some bad spots. You had to move to the bullpen. You came back to start. I mean, just everything that is going back. 
Well, it, it's almost like a fresh start, right, with a new manager. And and you have to prove yourself yet. I mean, it, it's always going to be a prove game, but, like, you get to prove yourself to another, you know, guy. What's that like? And just mindset-wise. Um, you know, like you said, it's a fresh start. Every year is a fresh start. Um, you know, you got to take uh, bits and pieces of what you learned from last year or the previous years and uh, carry them over and uh, start something new. Um, you know, with a new, you know, like you mentioned, you know, new manager, new pitching coach, um, you got to learn how to collaborate and pretty much interact with those new coaches and to kind of pick their brains and hear them out once in a while. Um, you know, you know, we're not perfectionists here. Um, we're all human <laughs> beings and uh, we're, st we're, st we're, st <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're still learning every day, man. And uh, I think the fact that I have the ability to um, be coachable, um, you know, I hear that from a lot of coaches. They tell me that a lot. Um, but the fact that I actually have that ability to, you know, hear them out and um, to kind of see from the outside looking in um, kind of makes things a little bit easier on my perspective and, um, you know, hear what they bring to the table. And I kind of, um, you know, kind of apply those things. But uh, every 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 year something different. Every year some, um, something new. And, you know, I'm, I'm pretty excited to uh, – to kind of interact with uh, Brian Price. And, uh, you know, we've been talking on a regular, um, you know, interacting very well, sending via text, videos, and what I'm trying to work on. And um, I think there's 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 a lot of life, you know, ahead of me. So, um, you know, I think it's going to be a, an interesting year. And um, I'm very optimistic about, uh, you know, this year, which is, you know, I'm due for a big year. Well, I don't know if, like, you really have a lot of that time. You're only 28. <laughs> 27, God. 27. Well, you're, I'm saying 20, 28, 20, 28. It's your 28 year. Yeah. Right. So I mean, like when you when you look at it, so I'm like God, you're still so young. I know. So with with, with the Brian Price thing, like just getting those texts, getting you know the phone calls or meeting them, or you know maybe you know guys that have have pitched for him. Um, I don't know. Maybe you do. Uh, everyone is talks about him almost the same way it's like this guy's incredible because he tries to connect he tries so hard to figure out you yeah. not about like oh well you're a pitcher no he tries to find out about Vince Velasquez and what makes you go and what you know like he sees but not just you know from the outside coming in like just going oh yeah you need to do this this and this it's like it's probably a collaborative thing it seems like it is um you know right from the beginning when we first uh you know you know, exchange numbers, um, and he came on board. He The first thing he said is, you know what, I don't want to be one of those guys that I'm going to blow you up. I'm going to blow your phone up. And I said, you know what, I want you to be that guy because I want to I want to learn I want to learn more about you. I want you to know about me, and I want to kind of interact that way. And uh, it just seems like it was a continuation of communication. And I think the fact that you share that relationship, it goes very long ways. Um, that you, trust, right? Exactly, I mean, like, yeah. Exactly. So, um, I mean, you guys got to understand that, you know, we're with we're with every single individual on this team for eight to nine months, you know, out of the season. So it's best to share that relationship and to kind of be on good terms and know each other's abouts and what we're doing and what we're trying to work on. And I think that just goes a long ways, like I said. Um, but, you know, knowing that um, – you know, just kind of eases, you know, you know, the piece of the puzzle a little bit. Mm -hmm. And um, I think the fact that, you know, I could actually utilize him, lean on him, you know, whenever I need to, um, you know, it takes a lot of heat away from me. Uh, it takes a lot of pressure off my shoulders. Um, and then just allows me to go out there and do things freely. 
when you talk about like like the mental side, right? And and as far as being free, and you said something earlier that I I could relate to being coachable. Both my parents being teachers, coaches, my whole life, like I understood what being coachable was. I think there's, and I'm not having you agree with me or not, but for me. I think there's being too coachable at times because you listen to everything and you try everything and you kind of just get discombobulated. Right. Do you ever feel like that? Or, or is it just like you now at where you are in your career, you know what to, to listen to, you know how to pick and choose. Yeah. Um, you know, like I said, you got to take the bits and pieces on what works, um, what works for you. Um, you know, the coach, the coaches have their, their opinions. They have a lot of, info oh, there's a lot of information that's been thrown at you constantly. Um, but it's a matter of you putting those, that bits of information together and kind of solving what works and mm. finding what works every day is, 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 is a treat every day. You know, you're going to fill off this way. You're going to fill off that way. Um, good and bad days we all have them but it's just a matter of finding those pieces on what works for that for that certain day um you know you're yeah, I'm, that, that, I'm, that's a huge thing because of the last couple of years we haven't and i'm just not not you but just in general like last year especially mm -hmm. the execution of stuff correct just throw it out there like hey you gotta do this no, that's no, not me. Exactly, right. No, I mean, I'm not going to go out there and have a 97 fastball every time, Why so not? I need to learn how to pitch. <laughs> I mean, well, <laughs> I mean, if I have a few ups and downs and then I come into a start, I mean, that's something else. But, I mean, to be honest, I mean, you're not going to have those abilities on a regular basis. you got to learn how to adapt. you got to learn how to pitch. And, you know, look at Greg Maddox. The guy was the greatest pitcher of all time. He didn't, he didn't have electric stuff. He didn't have a big power arm, but he knew how to locate. But when you learn how to be consistent and you know what you're doing once you release that ball, man, I mean, it, you could do wondrous things. It It's so crazy when you bring up, like, a guy like Maddox because, I mean, you're not him. No one is. I mean, they're, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just like trying to figure out, is it all about velocity? Is it all about location? Is it – well, you have ability to – you know, elevate the fastball at 96, 97. Yeah. Not on all occasions, as you just said. But right. when you think about it and you go back and, and you just look at your seasons and everything, for you, is it about the velocity or is it about the location? Is it the combination of both? Because I feel like we're, we're in such that world, the analytic world, where the information's out there. You said, like, maybe this guy can't hit a, a fastball up and in. But that's a you know arm side, right? And you struggle getting it there. Why would you throw it there? So, what is it because of the velocity you can get away with it? Yes, but do you find location as the key to everything? I think location is everything. Location is absolutely everything. Um, you know, in this ballpark, um, who knows what what could happen in this ballpark? Anything could really happen. But look at Roy Holiday, one of the greatest pitchers here in Philadelphia. Just located, 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 and was a sinker ball guy. Forced ground balls, forced contact in the ground. I mean, when the balls when the balls in play, anything could really happen. But when you have when you have eight guys behind you, uh, seven guys behind you, excuse me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I always no. It's I an mean, early it's, it's an early morning. Early no, no, morning. no, no, no. How but, many times people say that? Yeah. it's like no one, no one really cares. Yeah, no, exactly. But when you bring up the seven, it's right. like, hey. So there's seven. So the seven guys. When there's seven, <laughs> seven strong guys behind you, you got to learn how to utilize yeah. them. You know, and I think that's one of the things that make you go deeper in the games. That's what makes things a little bit more easier. It takes a lot of pressure off off your shoulders, you know, on the mound. You don't have to, I mean, yeah, I have a power arm, but you don't have to strike everyone out. 
And I think that was one of the biggest things going into this year's, uh, you know, communication with Brian was, I don't want to get guys out every time as far as strike. I don't want to strike them out. Yeah, yeah, it's a great thing to do, but like, you gotta understand that's a that's a lot of that's a lot of stress on your arm. Well, punching tickets is what you guys want to do when you like come I, up. I love right? punching tickets, absolutely. Exactly. But if you have the op- but look at Chris Sale for oh. for instance, one two three man, just an electric flying arm. I right right, and I mean if I have the ability to locate those things. I mean, high fastball was was one of the biggest things that I learned last year. The year before was probably living down and away and learning and not being too predictable down and away. Well, again, those are bits and pieces that I'm learning every single year as I go and deal with during the year. Yeah, I'm going to have a lot of fails and a lot of success. But now it's time to put all those pieces together and do something different and utilize all those, those pieces to get outs, to force contact, to at least get ahead in the count. Every everyone says, I mean, you have a higher percentage when you get strike one. Well, you have the mm-hmm. ability to learn how to utilize all those bits and pieces after strike one. If you use those things, it's a, it's a fair, it's easy ball game. You know, it's it's it. Pitching is like art, man. You got to learn how to just crap like build it. Yeah. And I think if you put, like I said, I mean, continue to emphasize, put those pieces together, it's going to make things a whole lot easier on yourself. It- do you get the sense because you hit, you know, the, the down and away fastball that you had two years ago to elev- learning how to elevate more last year and pitching, you know, throwing more or less, let's say throwing up there because I don't think anyone pitches at the top of the zone, right? Really, right. But throwing at the top of the zone, combining those two and easing your mind and not having just to be, you know, so, you know, like this bullpen session is all elevated, all elevated. Being able to mix, do you think that's going to help out? Like maybe you know what I mean. You like could definitely it, pitch off those things. Yeah, I mean, down and away is is one of the things that a lot of pitchers or a lot of kids growing up they really emphasize down and away, down and away, down and away. And they wanted to get away from it recently, and it's like why? Right. It right. sucks to hit. Right. Right. No, I remember uh, Roger Clemens uh, told me when I was with when I was in the Astros, see how many times you could you could hit um, fastballs down and away, painted, located down and away. When we play catch, standing up, have a target down and away. Because everything's all extension side. Mm-hmm. Everything, you're all finishing down and away. You're fin- everything is all down from your le- going down to your left side of your uh, your knee. So I think the fact that if people start to repeat that and learn how to live down and away, it makes things a little bit more easier. I mean, obviously, you don't – I mean, my thing last year was working on the top of the zone. I had to learn how to, like, change my slot a little bit, um, you know, because my ball obviously, you know, tails. Um you know, from a three-quarter shortstop, you know, perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, but now it's just a matter of finding, um, you know, that release point. And I think that's just one of the things you got to, you know, critique and work on con- consistently. But I think if you have the ability to locate down away, live at the top of the zone, start working back in, going away from the top of the zone, I think it just, I mean, just look at it. It's yeah, an, it's, it's, a, it's an X in the box. And that's an X. That's an X for the batter. When, like, okay, so the season ends, right? And when do you start thinking about next year? And so, like, you know, like this last season ended, and twenty twenty happens because I, and it leads up to that kind of going with it because I feel like things that you talking to Vince Velasquez in general, like you always want to get better. Mm-hmm. Like you're one of those types. I've always you're you're always trying. So when does that mindset flip to twenty twenty? Be like, I need to do this. I need to get here, and we're in, you know, now January, a month, you know, from spring training, and, and you're about ready to execute what you yeah. went in the offseason with. 
Um, it started right after I came back from my trip from um, uh, Singapore and Bali, which was absolutely beautiful. We're going. We're was very beautiful. We got to go on that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, kind of cleared some headspace a little bit, kind of let go of uh, all the negativity and kind of cleared out and whatnot. Um, but then my focal point was uh, yoga. You know, I, d- I did a lot of yoga this off season and, um, you know, really cleared my mind and uh, allowed my body to kind of just give it a little freshen, a little freshen up, a little fresh cut, and then uh, kind of, you know, build some durability in, in, uh, in my body and whatnot to allow myself to kind of get to those positions that I need to get to. Um, you know, from a, from a shortstop standpoint, I mean, you're a little uptight a little bit, and you start throwing from down three quarters yep. from underneath and yep. whatnot. Um, and, you know, everyone tells you, you know, you got to be athletic and whatnot. You know, when it comes to pitching, it's more so about consistency. And I think that's what really took over was how am I going to be more consistent? And I think allowing myself to be durable and uh, flexible and get to those points that I needed to get to to be consistent um, really helped out a lot. So it kind of started right right when I got back from uh, Singapore, um, you know, focusing on, um, you know, durability and flexibility. And then also, um, you know, utilizing technology. You know, we have a lot of video. We have a lot of film. Um, you know, Kevin, you know, gave us a, uh, a hard drive of all our footage of, you know, last year's performance. And, you know, I plugged in my computer and, you know, I started watching. I started watching some some uh, some good things, some bad things. And, you know, you, you kind of pick those things that, are actually, that actually, you know, reflect and, um, obviously when you watch yourself, you're like, why would I, why would I make that pitch in that count? Why would I do that? You obviously know, you know, watching, you're like, man, why would you make that mistake? Yeah. Knowing, knowing that you're, you're, you're watching the game. You're obviously in the game. Why, but why would you do that? But you're not trying to throw like, Ex- exactly. That, that's the thing. It's like, it's, that's the funny part about it is right? when you do watch it, it's like, you're an idiot, you know, like <laughs> you, you, why would you do that? Um, so you're, you're like setting yourself up. You're a fan that's out there going like percent. Why do you throw the fi- why do you throw that fastball right down the middle? It's like I wasn't trying to, yeah, and no, you're like exactly. having this like back and forth Dude, with yourself. I, 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 you can't. There, I, there's countless of times that uh, my roommate and I would talk about it all the time, and I'm just like, "Dude, I am such an, a dummy for doing that." Um, but again, you, you knock yourself when you knock yourself like that. You're obviously learning, you know. So I think you know when you are a student of your own game, I think it makes things a lot easier on yourself. Um, it's not so much of a bad thing because you're obviously it's it's a learning process every single day. Um, but that being said, you know, utilizing technology, um, and then also um, Joe mentioned yesterday uh, yesterday about probability and analytics and how it kind of you know interacts with our gameplay and whatnot. You know, and and I mentioned you know what I really want to utilize it a little bit more so, and you know as you're as you're growing up or when you're getting in the league and whatnot a lot of coaches talked about pitching to what you see. And that's exactly right. You don't know what you're going to get mm-hmm. that day. You don't know who you're facing. Yeah, we have game plans. And you don't know yourself at, exactly, at that moment, exactly, right? Exactly, my point. And you don't know, and you don't know, you know what that lineup entitles. Um, and, you know, numbers may say this guy is, you know, very effective with this pitch, you know, this day. And then you throw that pitch, and next thing you know, it's a lights, it's a home run belted over right center or whatever like that, and it tells you high fastball yeah. away, he, he ain't hitting it. Yeah. I mean, that, that, co- that comes down to probability. You don't know what's, what to expect. So I think it's just a matter of utilizing that information a little bit more um, 
and pitching to what you see. So I think it's a collaboration there. Well, I yeah, it, there's there's the game plan, right? Right. Uh, but I, I mean, but you got to have a, you got to have contingency plans. Well, there was, a, but then last year was a lot of predictability. I mean, if you look at a lot of pitches that I threw at the top of the zone, guys were taking it every time. Mm-hmm. But I mean, again, it's just a matter of how do you get to that to that situation? How do you pitch to that? So I think the fact that if I utilize those bits and pieces I was talking about earlier, you know, living down and away, you you start changing eye levels. Man, it's it, it's 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 in the bag. You mentioned something the other day, and it was not a slight on anyone, but you talked about JT and you know the interactions that you have with JT is a little different than what you had in the past, and, and getting that feedback, not from a, a pitching coach side, but from the catcher. Working with JT, what's that been like? Uh, it's made things a whole lot easier on my end. Um, you know, I think last year we were a little bit limited on what we can do. Um, but, you know, that's that term freely was was involved a lot, was being mentioned a lot with uh, Brian. And, um, you know, once I got here uh, talking to JT, he mentioned it freely. We're going to be a little bit more free. We're going to end up pitching to what we see. We're going to end up utilizing that, oh, yeah. that information. So... Um, because there's, uh, it, don't get me wrong, I don't mean to cut you off on this, but like there felt like times where for you, like you're rolling, you're rolling, and then you just like would stop for a second because you were like, and then you would continue on and not putting blame on him. You were accountable for any, you know, pitches that you make. Mm-hmm. But there was like the, the times that I would see you step back, you're like, there's that fight. Like you knew what you wanted to do and you knew where, you know, there's your coachability part, right? Mm-hmm. Like you knew you had to stay with the plan. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, per se. Like, did, did you send? Did you sense that? I, th- yeah, a little bit. Okay. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I mean, there's look. There, you're always going to have that hesitation. You're always going to have that that self doubt. But when you a lot, when you like again, when you build a relationship with someone, especially the most important person who you're throwing to, um, it makes things a whole lot easier on yourself. And you don't have, and you don't establish self self doubt. You don't have that doubt. You have 40,000 fans coming to a game. You have chants. You have roaring. You have everything that is all involved. And like that like that movie, For the Love of the Game, mm-hmm. Kevin Costner, he talks about clearing the mechanism, right? When you learn how to do that, you know, within yourself, you have no other focus but to execute a pitch and throwing it directly to your catcher and hitting the spot wherever it may be. But knowing that, it's... Or, how do you get to that? Mm-hmm. This is a question. How, how do you get to that point? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think when you when you share that relationship with JT and uh, and and building that trust with him, um, it makes things a lot easier on yourself. I want to get into Singapore, but we're like getting close on that time, so we got to play our game. Do you want to play the game? Okay. It's called waffle or not. <laughs> Does this guy waffle you? Okay. Or not? Interesting. Are you in? All right. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I I'd love to admit if I, if I get right. waffled or not. All right, here we go. <laughs> uh, where are we going to start with? Uh, Wilson Ramos. Definitely not. Yeah, no, definitely no not. Chance. Two for nine. I'll even show you a video right yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> it was a high fastball, bro. Like I I I, I mean, he he actually connected one time. Yeah, he but, did. That's a, but that's but that, no, that, that's besides the point. Not Evan Longoria. Longo. Not. No long go. No long go. Yeah, he's one for seven. You punched him out three times. You're bad. He, uh, he hit that low slider off me, man. Dang yeah. it. Yeah. He was swinging well, so fine. hard. 
happens. Mistakes, mistakes. All I had to do was just bounce it in the dirt, and he was gone. Gerard Dyson. Not. Yeah, no chance. One for five. Uh, he did shoot you. He shot you once, but you struck him out three times. That's like yeah. that's like Not. that to me says closing eyes and hitting it. Um, uh, let's see here. What about Christian Yelich? I think it's been a fair game, average wise. Uh, yeah, he waffled me. Yeah, three times. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That fastball away in Milwaukee was was pretty nice. That dude's so nice with the bat, man. I mean, he, he's such, it's a, hard. such it, a great hitter, yeah, right? I mean, just he's, and his he's game. Another, and his game. His game has really changed in general from Marlins, you know, here. But it's like you kind of you marvel at the fact. I was in the field playing against him, going like. Damn, this guy swings unbelievable. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Bryce. God. Season last time. I, I think I think I got waffled by him one time. Yeah, I got waffled by him. But he's six for eleven. He yeah, and you know yeah. what? He actually hit it. He I think it was here when he hit it. Really? Yeah, it was a change. I think a change up down, and uh, yeah, he hit it in the bleachers. Yeah, he went bushes. But then, I mean, all the other ones were like line drives. He, had, I remember, he had, he had some fastballs the opposite way. We had a shift on him. Um, but yeah, I think it's been a fair game. But no, I give him, I give him the waffle. There you go. All right, uh, I'll get, I'll, I'll let, I'll let him have that one. Um, Kendris Morales. We got two more. Morales actually got me, man. Yeah, he Twice. got, he got me. Twice, <laughs> dude. I remember <laughs> Kendris Morales got me. Um, in Houston, uh, when I was pitching, a uh, freaking wall scraper, bro. Just <laughs> fastball away. You know how short it is oh, in yeah. left field. Just a high pop up, and I'm walking off like it's a re- routine pop up, and it just boom. You can hear it hit the bleachers. J Dub, Jason Worth. No, 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 no. Long Sorry, bat, Deb, long but bat, but one no. for eight, six punches. <laughs> Just you a long did not swing. Do it. Yeah. He yeah. he is a sucker for high fastballs, man. I love it. He loves it. He has as high in leverage that he has. I mean, he <laughs> can't just lay off of those. Nope. 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 <laughs> He'll let you know too. Yeah. Well, Vince, I appreciate you uh coming on Pine Tar for breakfast. Always. Uh, I'm excited for spring. I know you are and getting down there, so uh let's do it. Yeah. It's gonna be phenomenal. It's gonna be fun. It's great jams right here, my bad. <laughs> Pie tar for breakfast. Till next time. Peace. Kevin Fritz is out of here. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with h track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? 
and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.